Hey, hey, everybody. It's G-Money on Growing Off the Grid. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Thanks to Pink Floyd and Fearless for the intro song into this week's subject. Hashtag fuck cancer. Has a special place in my heart, uh, that song does, and we'll get to it, uh, if not during this podcast, but future ones. Thanks for being Floyd and Fearless. never too steep to climb go ahead and try me all right uh okay so just a little bit about last week uh it's been a busy week for sandra uh and i um you know we're getting to the point where we're starting to interview companies for go-to market strategies seos publicists pr firms uh you know the design is pretty close to being uh, done even though it's actually never ever done you always tweak in it but uh we're to the point now where we can build these things we can pump them out we just got to get uh we just got to start generating that um that tidal flow behind us which will come so a couple other things that were going on with me last uh, last couple weeks um i was invited to do a uh, a podcast video cast kind of thing on the high curious app by Laura, uh, the, the, the app is actually made by Lauren Mundell, and uh, one of my one of my associates, one of my close friends uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Kristen Yoder, asked me to be uh, a part of that podcast, and the podcast was called From Hell to Well. Um, you know, she's she's been a part of my life for the past couple years here, three years or so on LinkedIn, and. Uh, to actually start working with her has just been amazing. The cannabis BS detector from soil to oil, all those kinds of things. Kristen's just a wonderful woman. Please go check her out. Uh, beyond that, I was on another podcast called Cannabis Heals Me by Rachel Kennerly. Uh, Spotify, a couple other places you can find that. Rachel spent about an hour and a half with me uh, talking about um, some of the... Uh, some of the trials and tribulations that uh, that I had to go through um, during the whole cancer fight, uh, and then one other little piece is I had a a Friday fun dig, whatever you want to call it, fun kind of thing happening with uh, DJ Blazenheart. The guy just reached out to me on on LinkedIn. Uh, Can a brilliant podcast? Those guys are awesome. Couple young kids really know what the heck they're doing. I think it's Robbie and Kyle were their names. Great folks. And on that call, also, we had a guy named Tony Grant uh, from Canada. Um, you know, the more people that you meet, the more uh, enjoyable life is, at least for me. Some people are internal. Some people are external. I actually uh, ranked as an INFJ. That's uh, intuit, uh, feeling, judging, um, introvert on the Myers-Briggs scale. But I, I feel like I'm always uh trying to to lean towards the other side right i mean that's that's what you do right negatives and positives like if something negative happens you always want to uh, navigate towards the positive um and when a lot of positive things happen you start to forget uh, what is all positive and sometimes you start going towards the negative but uh yeah so um so last week has been kind of challenging there's been, been a lot of things that are going on and uh sandra and i are just trying to navigate through everything and uh, we've got some we've got some other podcast opportunities that are coming up. I've got some people that uh, 
that want to be on my podcast. So yeah, this is episode number six. You know, trying to arrange uh, people to do things is, is difficult. Every, nobody has time, right? Everybody's doing all kinds of things and everybody's busy. You know, even though COVID came around, coronavirus came around, you know, the, the world doesn't stop. It keeps going and uh, you just got to shift. You just got to flex, right? You got to flex what you're doing. Um, so I'm not in a position right now to be able to uh, do a podcast where I can organize uh, somebody to come on with me and, and talk to them and then afterwards go back and edit some of uh, some of the pieces around it. I don't have a producer. I don't have a, uh, somebody that can edit these things afterwards. I just don't have the time. But in the same sense, I want to share what uh, what we're going on. So for me, it's a one and done type of thing. It's it's real. It's raw. It's G money. It's it's what I'm all about, and uh, I, I just love doing it. So uh, some people may not like just hearing me rant for 25, 30 minutes, but that's the way it's going to have to happen right now. Um, as things progress and as I gain more followers, by the way, please subscribe for my podcast. And uh, you know, as we gain more followers and we, we start to solidify some of the business ancillary sections, um, you know, we can start to focus on what really makes us happy, which is for me, it's being creative, making product and uh, strutting my shit, talking to people, you know, getting in front of the camera. I love being in front of the camera, you know, make it happen. Right. Um, so for now, we just got to kind of, uh, you know, sit tight, you know, shotgun approach, big, big, wide spray of, of things that we got going because, uh, you know, when you're not going after a competitor's market that you can target one specific uh, competitor, it's very difficult because you have to make your own. You have to make your own market, and you have to make your own stamp. And you know, for 13 years, I was in John Deere, and nobody knew me in the cannabis industry. I was in the cannabis closet. It was in the can of closet. Didn't come out. You know. So when I did come out, people were like, "Who the hell is this guy? We don't trust him. He's just some fly-by-nighter." Little did I know that, uh, you know, I popped my first bean in 1985 and, and have been a weed end warrior my whole life. That's another side of the story. In any case, this particular podcast is called Hashtag Fuck Cancer. And basically, I want to talk about some of the uh, decision-making processes that we make when you're faced with a... Uh, a life-threatening disease or even a potential life-threatening disease or you don't know what it, the unknown some of those decision-making processes that you have and uh, you know do you do it alone do you do it with friends do you do it with all these you know who do you do it with and so um, you know before I really 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 jump into some of uh, some of um, the latest of my thought processes and, and some of the evolution that has happened since uh, the cancer ha uh, came to me uh, a couple of years ago, I, I did want to read uh, some of my book. Now, I have a book that um, I haven't published yet. It's another one of those things that's there. It's waiting in the wings. You know, as soon as I get funding and start uh, getting some of these, uh, start to laser focus in on some of these other things, I can put more focus back into this. But I did actually write a book during my chemo fight. So, so I'm a very transparent person. We all know that. So, you know, during the cancer treatment and the decision-making process, I was pumping out 
two-minute content videos on LinkedIn. People were loving me. It helped me. It helped me get through it. So I was very open that way in a video type of sense, you know, in a, in a way of just talking and getting getting people to understand where I was and hearing them saying that I was helping them just just made the world to me. But then after I kind of stopped with the videos, I didn't really stop, but I slowed down on them and I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book now too, right? So I learned from the video side of it what uh, that people want to hear me. They want to hear my voice. They want to hear the G Money talk about the trial and tribulations of what a man has to go through or a woman, whatever, a human being has to go through uh, in these type of situations. So I, I, I felt it only, only right to write a book also. So the name of my book is called I Am Not an MRN. An MRN is a medical record number. And the, the reason why I said that is because Every time I went into the doctor's office, which during that time was, was a lot. I was in there every other fucking week or every other week, you know, quite often. And, you know, they put this band on you, you walk in there, and, and you don't know from one nurse or from one chemo administrator or, you know, you know your doctors, but some of the other people, they don't know you. You're a number. So they have to walk up to you and they have to get their little scan gun and they have to scan your number off of your, your wristband. And so it's kind of like, um, you know, you feel like a number. And I don't want to feel like an MRN, like a motherfucking number. That's what I, that's the short, that's the long term for it. So I wrote a book and I want to just go over the first uh, chapter. And if this goes on too long, then I'll just switch gears because I don't like to do these things over. Okay, so chapter number one of I Am Not an MRN by Glenn Holland. Discovery. Chapter 1, February 28th, 2018, a day like any other, I awoke for work, uniform on, teeth brushed, down the stairs for a coffee, filled up the favorite mug, off I go, wait, I'm breathing, and something's there, in my chest, something foreign to me is in there, I've had a productive cough for months, but this was different, it was deep. With every breath I took, there's something there, like a plastic bag thrown away, caught in a fence on a dune at the beach. With every direction change of the wind, the bag moves and shifts with ease. Yet while it appears to be free, it is not. While it appears to be trapped, it is not. It just is. Ask my boys, my wife, or my co-workers about my nasty cough this winter. No biggie, just like any other winter over the past few years. Being exposed to my parents' secondhand smoke for 15 years and being a former smoker for over 30, I get it. Lungs are probably damaged. I quit smoking five years ago. Maybe it was too late. This day, like any other, I was going to be just another hero on this Mother Earth. A hero in the highest form. I will continue to put others in front of me. It's my way of coping with reality. Within a minute or two of my observations, a tickle came on. No, not the tickle of a loved one that gives you. Rather, a strange and ominous entity is showing itself. I'm leaning over the island of our kitchen when, bam, split-second mind shift. I'm on an island in the Caribbean, Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. 
My wife and I, not two weeks earlier, had booked a trip with the family friends to the DR on the Caribbean Sea. I've never been there before. It was going to be our first time anywhere near it. We'd been waiting this for this for years. So yeah, it was a big deal. There I was, lying on the beach, next to my beautiful wife and adult beverage in hand, looking out over the ocean, watching my kids frolic together. Suddenly, my body shifts itself off the chair and I begin floating, hovering over the crystal blue water on a breath of air. With each inhale and exhale, I am moving to and fro in the air. Miles and miles of white sandy beach, blue seas and dots of little archipelagos throughout my trip. My, my fantasy of island hopping that much closer to becoming a reality, the feeling is euphoric. Wait, Glenn, wait, G. Come on back to the now. I'm still at the island in our kitchen. Moving to the corner where our pro-out trash can is located, the tickle is still there and includes the ever possibility that I will hawk up a nice loogie before leaving for work. The flow of mucus is present, toying with me. You know it's coming, G. No worries, bud. Done this time and time again. Reaching down to open the receptacle to the trash can. Ah, ready to brace yourself. Go ahead, son. Both hands on the countertop into position. Boom! Yep, flashback. About a year ago, my wife and I had our shitty laminate kitchen countertops replaced with granite. Granite is a large, rather large expense and one for which we do not take lightly. Hours of research to get what we wanted, only to have the fuckers make a balls of it installing it. So while I prop myself over the trash can, I cannot help remembering the hardship I had to go through getting them to fix it. Glad I did. A masterpiece when it is all said and done. The epitome of my current situation returns, and I am back in the present. A few more. Just a few more breaths, okay? Grab hold of your balls and dig deep, Glenn. Deep down, my friend, this one's going to be a doozy. Are you aware of what's going to happen, kid? I think not. Just another morning. Just another productive cough coming. Why should this one be any different? How wrong was I? Distractions run amok in my brain, trying to keep the thought away. No practice needed, G. Make it happen. I'm a professional coffer and have been since the age of 15, for that was the age when I learned to smoke not only cigarettes, but marijuana and any other mind-altering substance known to man. As long as it got me high, that's the only requirement I had. Over the next 33 years, I would perfect the art of cleaning out my lungs. So this little green and yellow slimy thing about to be expressed was going to be as ordinary as any other one before it, right? Just another loogie. The tickle became a cough. As with each breath, a little looser and looser it became. Remember, though, this one was far in there. It was going to take a little more oomph to get it out. And so it began. The secretion of something. Something that would turn me and everyone that I know's world upside down. An event of epic G proportions. The value of my life will be forever changed by what is about to happen. 
How I choose to embrace this event will forever change the lives of so many. Bracing myself, I cough once, then twice, three times, and so on. Everyone came with it its own little flashback, a premonition, a foresight, an aftersight, a dream, a journey, an experience. After two minutes or so of working through these lungs to cleanse the insides, there it was. Want to be there? Want to join me? Come on, you fuckers. This is the adventure of an unrelentless raw content being thrown in your face for all to enjoy. Take it. Embrace it. Make it happen. Ride this experience with me. This is my story, told by me, the G. We're about to embark on a glimpse into life, death, pain, suffering, joy, sorrow, and victory. The life of an ordinary man in the 21st century trying to overcome adversity in the face of decisions only he can make. So many options, with no clarity, with every decision I make, more come flying at me from all directions. All right, folks. So now you get me. So that was the first chapter. And, and I like the very end of it because it just says, the more decisions I make, more come flying at me from every direction. So, so during the whole cancer fight, um, you know, I look at this like um, it, it, you know, the day when I coughed up blood, which will, I have much more to talk about, but in a larger sense, it snowed on me. And when it snowed, it left a, uh, a coating of snow on the ground. And I walked out there and I made myself a snowball. And then when I made that snowball, I threw it on the ground and I started rolling it around like you do when you're a child. And when you do that, especially with the nice wet, he wet heavy snow, it continues to grow into a larger snowball. And so during those first few months of cancer decision making, all I was doing was keep piling on decisions more and more and more. And the snowball was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just got to the point where I couldn't really control it anymore. Okay. And so part of that was the options that we have when we have when a life-threatening situation comes in front of you. So I went through uh, three different opinions before uh, I, I made it to where I am now. And they were not easy. Any one, All of them were not easy. I guess the biggest lesson I'm trying to, to say out of this is we all have options. You don't need to take the first one. Yes, sometimes people may say to you, your first instinct is the best. Yeah, sometimes it's not, you know. Uh, I went to that doctor. Doctor wasn't there. Uh, the nurse came in. Her name was Mary Jane. I fucking kid you not. Her name was Mary Jane. Mary Jane was concerned. I could tell right away. I had showed her the red loogie of blood that I coughed up. She said, I got to get you some x-rays. Went to x-rays. Went to UNC. UNC told me that it could be a fungus and that I should wait, you know, three or four weeks and see if it subsides. Went to a couple other doctors, got some biopsies done. They weren't good enough. Had to go to a lung specialist. The lung specialist had to do a biopsy, you know, through my throat and go down into it. Then went to another doctor that wasn't able to give me immunotherapy. 
Then I went to my friend Robert uh, T, and Robert T's uh, brother works for Duke, and they were able to get me on immunotherapy. So there was many opinions that I had to go through to try and make those right decisions, you know. And here I am, 2.5 years later, cancer-free. And I say 2.5 years later because uh, I consider the day that they cut it out of me, which was July 3rd of 2018, as the day that I rid myself of the cancer. Um, it's not when it showed its head. It showed its head in February, February 28th. You heard me say it there a few minutes ago, which we're coming up on that anniversary, and that'll be three years. And so three years after coughing up blood, and I'm still here. I want you to think about that. You know, if you think about all the movies and all the... Uh, shows and everything that you read about when somebody coughs up blood it it generally means you know you're on the short end of the stick uh, you know that your time is is uh, leaving you um, but I fought I fought hard and I made some tough decisions and to this point in time I feel like they've all been the right decisions so you learn a lot, especially in the decision-making processes, as you look in the rearview mirror at some of the decisions that you made in the past, you have to continue to look forward through the windshield and try to anticipate the next move, the next traffic light, the next turn that a person in front of you is going to make, right? It's all part of learning. It's all part of, part of continuously learning, right? So the cancer journey for me has been just absolutely ridiculous. It was hell in the beginning. Uh, I turned to the corner probably, um, you know, after the chemotherapy had ended and I wrote this book and I understood that it's not about me. You guys have heard me say it before. 51% me, 49% everybody else. I'm only showing 10% of my iceberg. The rest of it, 90%, is still underneath the water. It's going to come out sooner or later. During the decision-making processes, you take those and you keep rolling your snowball until it gets large and large enough to the point that you can look at it and start to sculpt some of the answers, some of the assumptions that you think you're going to be able to make from it. You become a sculptor for that large snowball that you just made in your front yard. Okay? So now here we are, and we're two years into making this business the human connection. Uh, deciding to leave John Deere. Deciding to make this, this uh, a life-altering choice for us to go after this. And yes, 10% of startups make it. I have a leg up because I made... I beat cancer, right? So I have more tenacity. And, and I'm going to dig really deep to make sure that this works. And at this junction in our business, we are at the go-to-market strategy point. You know, we're go-to-market, public, a publicist. How are we going to get this out there? That's, the, that's where we are right now, folks. And, and it's a very difficult one. There's no roadmap. You can read all you want about starting a startup business. And, you know, you'll get some little nuggets from each one of them and keep building your snowball. But at some point, 
you have to say to yourself, my business, my product is not the same as everybody else's. There's some nuances that make people people, right? Nobody's exactly the same. There's always a, a little tweaks between this and that. So, so yeah, a, a startup business trying to make decisions, you learn from the past. It's a continuous improvement of yourself and, you know, uh, your environment. You know, it, it's all part of, of life and, and how you, you know, take those lessons that you've learned and, and make yourself better moving forward. So there's, there's a few pieces that I still, I still have that, that are in me that I can't really ever get out. And, I'm, and it's just, you know, you can make a lot of changes in life. Um, but, but one of the things that's always omnipresent in the mind of the G-Money is that, you know, I can be as healthy as I can. I can eat all the right foods. I can exercise till the cows come home. I can take all the right medicines. I can do everything perfect. But because they don't have an absolute cure for cancer, this fucking thing can come back at any time. So I don't believe in that. I don't think it's going to come back. I want to live till I'm fucking 90 years old. But that little... That little voice in your head is always there. And so that changes your decision-making process, right? When John Deere offered a voluntary separation about six months ago, if I hadn't had cancer and I had been working on this project on the side, which I had been for two years, and somebody said, you got to take that, that uh, voluntary separation, I probably would have said no. I probably would have said, you know, no, I'm not quite ready. I need to I need to keep working uh, and working on this on the side, you know. But because the cancer thing is in my head, even though it's not, it's there. The little niggler, it's a little niggle, it's niggling at me. It's always there. Because of that, it's pushing me to go at a pace which I am not used to. I'm not used to going balls to the wall fast. I make balls to the walls decisions. Like I'm very like, I'll just go all in, but I don't like doing things fast. I'm a slow guy. I'm a slow guy that tries to understand the process while I'm going through it so I can make the right decisions. So making a decision now to leave John Deere and go after this, and now starting to come to the point where do I make decisions to try and push this out now, or do I sit tight and continue to gather anecdotal evidence and, and data from from other people and some of my testers and some of my early adopters? Do I continue to wait for that or do I pull the trigger and, and, and go, you know? And, and so it's just one of those pieces that you need to continue to think about in your head. You know, you, you need to uh, understand your place on this earth and what got you to this point. And with that, you can start to formulate the best strategic decisions for you, for your family, for your friends, for your life, for the universe, right? And I've done that, but I also know that 
it is now time uh, because of the uh, uncertainty of this thing coming back that you know you have to move a little bit uh, quicker than you want to you have to you have to even though you're vetting things out and you're you're trying your best to make educated decisions because there is no known cure for cancer I cannot make an educated decision on future steps because this is an unknown variable and every cancer patient out there has it every cancer patient I've been seeing it a lot lately you know and and so I, I love the hashtag fuck cancer because you know I I'm reading people I'm reading about people that are saying fourth time fifth time still fighting you know and and I've only fought it once but I could be one of those people where it can come back I don't want to think that way but it's possible right so you have to make some decisions that you normally would not make because of an unknown entity that is niggling in your brain so I wanted to leave you with that because this is just a little glimpse into the cancer fight of G money but I'm taking some of the lessons from a life-threatening dark time of my life and I'm applying them towards my motherfucking future and that's what we all need to remember is all those little nuggets while you're rolling that snowball and it's getting larger and larger you know what's gonna happen right the temperature is gonna change and all of those pieces that you put into this big huge you know mama snowball are gonna melt they're gonna melt and where are they gonna fucking melt into they're gonna melt into the ground folks and so as long as you keep yourself grounded all of those things that built that big ass snowball and melted into the ground you still have an opportunity to use them if you're grounded so be grounded folks and take all those pieces that are throughout the earth those little nuggets those little tumbleweeds those little interactions that you might say to yourself they don't mean shit they don't mean jack squat I didn't learn anything from this interaction or that interaction or that person or that show or that anything I didn't learn anything from that well guess what you learned something because you learned that you're not going to ever do that again think about that right you may say to yourself I watched this show for 30 minutes I didn't learn a fucking thing about any of the content about it but you did learn something you learned that you're never gonna watch something like it again so even any decision that you don't make is a fucking decision and just remember that if you keep building up that snowball it melts it goes down to the ground you're gonna make another snowball and while you're rolling it around it's picking up all those little fucking pieces that you already melted and put back down into it it's a cycle it's a cycle and as long as you continuously improve and use lessons learned to make the next cycle better than the last one you're bettering yourself all right so 32 minutes uh, I think I did a good one on this one
Um, I really would appreciate it if people would comment, subscribe, you know, tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong, tell me what you want to hear. I, I know that most podcasts have people on and all this other kinds of, uh, of fun stuff that, uh, that um, you know, they bring other people on and stuff. But unfortunately, sometimes we, we, you know, I don't have the ability to do that right now. So I'm trying my best to um, just kind of um, do, do my own thing while trying to make the world work and my world work at least. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, I know podcasts are wicked hard to get started and get followers and all those things. But, again, I'm using the shotgun approach. I'm spraying all my shit out there, and I'm going to see what sticks. I know one thing's going to stick for sure, and that is my Planet Vibration Trainer, www.ganjagrid.com. Go check it out. That product is going to change the way that we grow indoors. And it's going to change the way that the bonds are made between humans and plants. And if we can continue to do that and not focus solely on AI and bring the organic intelligence, OI, into it, you can put an AI plus OI equals happy human, happy planet. And that's what it's all about. Give them back for the future for your kids. I want my kids to have a a healthy environment that they uh, that they can roam around on. Okay, so that's it for me. We'll see you next time on Growing Off the Grid. G-Money, over and out. Have a good one, folks. We'll see you next time. Got remedies, I'll be part of history.